change It's like my dreams out of reach This pain and all this grief You see God and you have to speak Tell him it's crazy in these streets Feel my pain and it's so deep You're on Pastor Phil Welcome to Church on the Block. Real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets with my great co-host, Pastor Jay and Ruck Boy on Holy Culture Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 154. Yo, what's going on? You are back with us, man. Church on the Block. We are back here this Sunday, man, being able to go deeper into uh, all the elements we talk about on this show. Church on the Block, real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets. And going deeper into what we really mean about it. We got some, you know, good conversation going on today, uh, being at the 50th anniversary of hip hop. And we are here, of course, with the great host. What's up, my brothers? What's going on? Yo, what's up, everybody? You know who it is. It's your boy, Pastor Jay, here with Pastor Phil and DJ Ruckus, ready to hit this conversation. Church on the block. You know how we do. Yo, what's good, everybody? This is, uh, your boy, DJ Ruckus, man, ready to have a great topic, great conversation today with y'all. DJ Ruckus, what is the history of how you got that name? How I got, how I got my name. <laughs> All right. So I started out as a house DJ. When I first started DJing, I was going to go by the nickname that everybody gave me on the streets, which was Trouble, because I stayed in trouble, right? And I was calling <laughs> myself DJ Trouble. And then I was just like, nah, uh, I don't fit. And I was doing Chicago. I was doing house music. So I went by DJ Soul. And then... Someone offered me to do a hip hop gig. So I started buying a bunch of hip hop records and stuff like that. Um, and I was just like, nah, soul don't fit for, uh, for hip hop. I needed something encompassing. And so I was just like, man, if, if, if I'm a DJ in clubs, I, w- I want to do so. I want, I want everybody out there dancing. I want to yeah. cause a ruckus. Mm-hmm. I want to cause okay. a ruckus. And that is where it came from, DJ Ruckus. I want to call the Ruckus when I'm behind the tables. It fits, too. It fits, too, man. I thought it it came from the boondocks, man. No. (laughs) 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 Yo, man, church on the block, man. (laughs) Church on the block. We are here today uh, to dialogue about 50th anniversary of hip-hop and when we first fell in love with hip-hop and when we first knew that man this is my this is my jam this is my music this is what i'm i'm gonna be uh with and and you know when i talk about when we first fell in love with hip-hop you know, i always say you know hip-hop is who you are rap is what you do when you were first like hearing the music you knew it had something to do with who you were <laughs> it had some kind of soul connection with you not not even aware of any language about that kind of stuff at that time it was just like man it's it's, it's speaking to me, Joe. It's speaking to me. You know what I mean? And, 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 and it was something about what somebody was saying, how they were saying it, how the beat was dropping and how whatever, whatever was going on in the time, um, just really resonating with you, man. And so that's what I, we're going to talk about in this first part of the show. Then we're going to go deeper, uh, later on. So fellas, you know, when did you first fall in love with hip hop? Hmm. Yeah. Ah. It's funny, I have the same story every time. You was at the club with DJ Ruckus. You was at the club with DJ Ruckus, the hip hop show. And I was like, yo, this DJ causing a ruckus. (laughs) 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 I love it. Now, mine is the same story. And it's so funny, man. Like, I was like a nominal hip hop listener as a kid, like, Mm. like from listening to like people that I, respected that were older so like older cousins and stuff like that and they all had they'd be so that's the only way i could really hear stuff because my mama wouldn't let that stuff be in my house and i was still little i'm talking about like seven or eight years old okay and uh um the only like real real hip-hop that my mom would let me listen to was stuff that like she thought was okay on the radio so she heard uh parents just don't understand by dj jazzy jeff and the fresh prince and she was like Oh, that's cute. You know, like, you know, so her thing was like, Oh, that's cute. That's what you can listen to that. Right. And so, um, I said to her, Oh, okay, cool. So I, I went and got, he's, you know, um, he's a DJ. I'm the rapper. So I own that album, whatever. Okay. It had no cursing in it. It was all these funny stories. Right. It was great stuff. Right. And so I said, Ma, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince coming to Chicago. 
can I go to the concert? I'm like eight years old, like eight or nine years old. Now she, all she knows is parents just don't understand. So she's like, sure, that's fine. We'll figure it out. So she tells me to this day, like she waited to the day of the concert. I think it was at, at, at Airy Crown in McCormick Place. So I'm like, huh. day of the concert. So she could get some tickets way in the back. She knew it was going to be packed, all this other stuff. Right. We get to the Airy Crown. She go to the ticket box office and they say, Oh, who's this for? She said, my son wanted to come to this concert. Is this your first hip hop concert? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, we got to hook you up. And so they gave us front row tickets to the concert, right? So my mom was like, how does this happen? Wow. We go the day of and we get front row tickets. And then when we get the inside, I get the ticket handed to me and I go, yo. He's like, what? I said, MC Light is on this. Uh, Sorry, Papa is on oh. this. Uh, like it was all these other artists. You know what I mean? Like, um, and so <laughs> plus you don't know about just the DJ in general, right? So we get there. It's front row right. seats. I'm right here. DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, of course, are going to be the last acts to come out. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. man, it's all this cussing and people dancing and shaking their booties and the DJ's going on. And I'm in the front row losing it. Like, yeah. And my mama, <laughs> my mama's sitting in the chair like, I cannot believe I let this happen. But I was waiting on DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. So I got introduced to hip hop in, in the, they had breakers there. It was people writing on the side. Like it was the whole culture at this wow. concert. And then at the end, D that Jazzy Jeff and Freshers came out and they killed it as usual. And I was super excited, but I left there going, wait, it's way more than just these like rapper and DJ thing going on. What is all this other mm. stuff? Mm. And, uh, from that moment on, man, I, I wanted to learn how to break. I got introduced to graffiti right in there. Okay. Uh, that concert was the day where I walked out of there going, wait a minute. This is bigger than like a, a tape I own. This is right. This is huge. And I fell in love with the culture from that moment. So to this day, uh, Summertime by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, still my favorite hip hop. Man. 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 That's, that's, that's an amazing story. I'm, 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 I'm salty that it would never went down like that for me. My mom was like, we're going to listen to Hosanna music. <laughs> so you, you need to go give your mama a big hug and a kiss for sitting through that all the time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's real. I'm surprised she didn't walk out, man, when they started shaking their booties and all that stuff, man, but she didn't. Yeah. My mom would have thrown she, holy oil on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, T? What about you, Ruggers? Yeah, so you know what? It is hard for me to remember, like, because all right. I remember is everybody was listening to to Who's Bad, and next thing I know, Ron DMC, Walk This Way, pops up on MTV, right? And I, oh. I remember those days, right? I remember sitting in my room watching MTV, uh, the music videos and all of that stuff, and Next thing I know, here is this song that pops up with Ron DMC <laughs> and, and, and Aerosmith and, and man, kicking, mm. kick, busting through the walls. And mm. man, I remember mm. we just used to watch that all the time, right? And, 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 and then I remember the Fat Boys. I remember, mm. man, I remember watching their movies. I remember all the movies that was coming out with the breakdancers, right? We were all trying to learn how to spin on our head and you know, it, right, as you talk about the, as you talk about Will Smith, right? I remember uh, Alfonso Roberto when he was on Silver Spoons, right? When he was yeah. breakdancing yeah. and stuff like that, right? I remember yeah. everybody yeah. wanted to be like him. Before there was a Carlton, yeah. there was this kid on Silver Spoons <laughs> that was breakdancing, right? Yeah, and yeah. everybody yeah. wanted to be yeah. like him. And so I and just he went from being Michael Jackson and doing Michael Jackson all the time to breakdown. Yes. So it shows that like trajectory during that time. Yeah, it does. And so I mean, I just remember those early days when who I am is in my DNA because that's all I remember uh back then was just so it, it mm. for me it just feels like hip hop is it's it's part of who I am. Even though I'm a house head. It's part of a lot of hip hop, you know, everybody breakdancing, the movies that were coming out, even going to see, going to see even the plays, uh, the, the, the breakdancing plays that they had out back then. I had a neighbor, um, Miss, I want to say her name was Miss, Miss, uh, Miss Jason. 
and she would just grab a bunch of kids and she took us to one of those Christmas. It probably was Curtis Blow or something. And everybody was in there for this Christmas show and they was break dancing and she just grabbed a bunch of kids from the neighborhood and took us and paid for what? us all to go. That's kids. Wow. You know, so Man. it was amazing just to see that that type of stuff, right? So Wow. You know, for me, man, it was like 82 when the message came out. Hmm. The message came out. A friend of mine had died, and we were all in his car, um, like, at the funeral home. And they was in the car. They was getting high. I was just with them. I was mad. The message had been out, and it was like, don't, of course, I was like, man, just feeling the fact that, you know, I'm living in the ghetto, living second rate. I'm, you know, it was just, it was just, you know, all the things that you see growing up and all the things you experience. And it was like this song was telling me I'm somewhat valuable, that my stuff does count. And they, they identified with the fact that, you know, somebody else and, and, and they were coming from another, another city from New York or whatever, but they identified with the universal structure and universal challenge of living in the hood. Right. And it was like, you know, um, you know, just, just some of the words he was saying was just pro. It was like, you read my mind, man, I'm, you know, man, people pushing on the street. Like you just don't care. That's right. I saw crazy Lou, or I saw, you know, whatever. Um, and just, you know, broken glass everywhere. And you're just like, wow. And I was like, where is more of this at? More is it? I mean, and, you know, the, the, you know, just, just that element right there, uh, began to like resonate with me, uh, with the identification of what I never really, really knew was any kind of, any kind of pain or struggle until, um, until I went to all white Catholic high school. Then I knew we was broke. Like we broke. <laughs> we broke. <laughs> we broke, man. We driving cars. They waving to me on the bus. Hey, Phil. Like I'm taking the bus to school. But it identified with me like like this was when it just really resonated with me, man. And then um, I went to like the Fresh Fest. Like uh, Def Jam had these Fresh Fest. They had one in Chicago. I came with some guy. I'm like, oh, snap. And it's like, just like what you say, Jay, it was right. Run DMC, Fat Boys, it was all them on Def Jam. I was like, this is, it was just like, like you just wanted, I just wanted more of it, you know? And radio stations were like selective or what yes. they play and different things mm-hmm. like that. You know, they didn't know where this was going and whatever the case is going to be. But in the little, in, in the house parties, everybody was, was rocking. Everybody was rocking. And you, you was rocking stuff that you didn't even necessarily know that you, uh, where it was from. Like, I, I don't hear this on the river. This is a, this is a cold jam right here. You know, even they right. came out with, uh, white lines, uh, white line. It was about cocaine. You was jamming to that. Like they was just <laughs> dissing cocaine. Like don't, don't do yeah. it type of stuff. But it was like a whole jam on that. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, it was like, uh, you know, we was in Kansas City and some, some young little Latino cats was breaking and stuff like that. I was never trying to break though. Cause I was like, <laughs> you gotta be physically fit. You had to have a car. I was like, these brothers is this dude, you know, doing stuff ain't touched the floor. His whole hands. Like, no, I'm good. I'm good. You need to be a gymnast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. It's, it's crazy because like, as I'm listening, like, everybody's trajectory it's like you have that i don't know what that whatever maybe everybody don't remember their exact moment but like you do have like this trajectory that takes you from whatever that first moment is right to like watching that that tree bloom right you know and like for me like it was weird because i was i was small when i went to that concert seven eight years old right (laughs) and it it, it was ingrained in my memory forever the, the way i felt at yeah. that concert and like mm. the overload of like all of my, you know, senses is just like, God. And I just, like, I never had it again. You were eight years old. I was eight years old. Oh, it was like man. 1988. Yo, like I remember, like it was on the tour for he to DJ on the rapper. And so yeah. like I was like just blown away by this. And so what I did was like without having like access to it at my hands. Like I tried to get to as much hip hop as I could through other people. So I'll be asking like, you know, Hey, you heard this song, you know, or you, you, you got access to that or like some people talk about breakdance. I remember 
like asking my mama to buy, you know, you go to a grocery store and they put them little books on the little aisle when you get up by the cash register. Yeah. yeah. And I saw like a little book on breakdance and I'm like, mama, can I have that? Can I have that? You know, at like nine years old, whatever. She's like, whatever. Right. And I'm at home reading the book, trying to learn how to do the crab and like all these things. Right. Because I was consistently trying to find it. And I'll tell you what did it for me because all through middle school, hip hop really took a swing for me and my towards the West Coast. So in middle school, Dre and Snoop and uh, NWA, they all got real big. And so they weren't as much into like the elements of hip hop out there. It was really about rap or whatever. And so I got more into rap and I had the chronic in eighth grade and all that, you know. But when I got to high school, I went to a mostly Latino high school. When I went to Hubbard, it was mostly Latino. Okay. And when I got there, them dudes was hip. Like I'm talking about going to school with backpacks full of spray paint cans, the big Jenko jeans and shell toes. And and then I was like, whoa, wait a minute. And it was at that moment where all the elements started fusing together for me. And so I could just say like the trajectory of my life put me on there too, because I got away from like the kind of hood hip hop and got into like that. You know, I fell in love with Cypress Hill being in Hubble. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was yeah. just different, yeah. you know? Yeah. And from there, then Wu-Tang came and Nas and Big. And then it was just like, oh, okay. New York hip-hop, kind of like this East Coast feel, flavor. And uh, Common was big, getting big at that time. Right. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like, even what was coming out of Chicago, as far as a big day, was like that. So Right, right. I mean, yo, this is Church on the Block, man. We'll be right back. Holy Culture Radio is operated by the CoreLink Solution, a 501c ministry dedicated to empowering people to reach their potential. If you feel led to contribute to this mission, visit www.holyculture.net slash donations. Yo, we are back. Church on the Block. Real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets. Holy Culture Radio. And we're talking about, you know, 50th anniversary of hip-hop. And when we mean hip-hop, we don't want to segregate it to just, like, the mothership of hip-hop, the culture that we understand and love and know, but all of hip-hop. And we, we now want to kind of lean into the, um, the Christian hip-hop. You know, I believe that there should be or should have been maybe an awareness that as a Christian, you can serve the Lord and, 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 and rep Christ. Um, um, and it doesn't, doesn't have to necessarily be, um, where it's cutting people down or creating some kind of I- embarrassment, but you can do it in such a way where it's more humane and more, 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 more subtle. What I mean is, you know, when you have this separation, like this is Christian hip hop, then it's like, okay, well, this is like gospel and black gospel. Like, no, it's all the gospel. Like, you know what I mean? Um, and so, we want to talk a little bit about our own experiences about uh, Christian hop, hip hop, and and maybe you listening have you know diff- different history, different understanding of it. But I know as a, a pastor now serving in ministry now thirty four years, man, um, it was a powerful tool to resonate with Christian hip hop um, to be able to feed uh, into the soul of young people who I'm serving, man, and 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 yet. It was a void of what was relevant. Like cats weren't really um, bringing it to the degree where young people were like, oh man, I'm gonna get you that. I mean, D-Boy Rodriguez considered to be one of the first uh, Christian MCs who died as a missionary, as a mercenary per se uh, for the cause of, of, of the gospel. But for Christian hip hop, he left a concert. He was rapping outside. Some gang dude shot him by his car. Um um, uh, Stephen Wiley considered to be like the, he, Stephen Wiley was considered to be like the Curtis Blow of Christian hip hop back in the nineties, man. <laughs> he came up with a song called Bible, Bible Break. And it was just as cheesy as the name I'm saying to you right now. Um, record labels, Christian record labels didn't know what to do with nothing Christian hip hop. They didn't know what to do with it. They were like, they just started as a fad, as a trend, right. and we're going to jump on it. I was even in, conversation with star song label that toby uh, mac was involved in and they asked me to come to kind of help them with urban stuff i said i'm not gonna do this but i'll give you some ideas of what to do uh, they just didn't know because what they wanted was 
what they had in contemporary Christian music, but it wasn't going to happen in hip hop. And they were trying to blend the two. There was even a friend of mine who was on CCM, Christian Contemporary Music Board, and he said they would listen to music, even Christian hip hop. And if it didn't have what they call J per M, Jesus per minute or Jesus per rotation, JPR, on the rotation of the CD, the more time you said Jesus, the higher ranking that particular song got or that group got. Well, you know, hip hop and even Christian hip hop wasn't going to be Jesus every third word or or second verse. And so a lot of music wasn't understood and didn't get didn't get played. But gradually over time, they became artists who were bold enough to say, this is what's going on in my world. And this is what I want to communicate to for the Lord um, on other folk. Now, when was the first time y'all, you know, y'all got connected to hit, like to Christian hip hop? Yeah. I, I, I want to say for me, now I know we talked about DC talk, but it was probably Carmen. Hmm. Carmen was probably the first one. Uh, right. Right. That I, that I heard rapping this old, old white dude. I don't know what type of music it was, but he was rapping. He <laughs> <laughs> had, had these drama videos. These videos would be drama. Yeah. Yeah. All a play. Yeah. So I, I want to say, I want to say Carmen, DC Talk, um, of course, T-Bone. Uh, and I, T-Bone. I remember, I remember the D-Boy Rodriguez stuff. I didn't listen to his music like that, but I do remember T-Bone always talking about D-Boy like that. Um, uh-huh. And then, of course, gospel gangsters. Mm. Oh, double G's. Yes. 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 Yeah. What about you, Jake? My story is always feel so dramatic. But like, uh, <laughs> my, his mama took him to a I know, my mama took him to a concert. Jesus himself gave me a front row ticket. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, no, this time, man, I, I, uh, I, I really gave my life to the Lord in college at Tuskegee University uh, as a part of uh, this ministry called Campus Outreach. That was crazy. This is why I say it sounds kind of scripted, but y'all, this wasn't scripted, but this is the way it go. Uh, me and, and my guy, Amisho, who everybody now knows as Show Baraka, he's a Christian hip-hop MC. We actually went to Tuskegee together, and we were in a hip-hop crew called 35th Element, which was regular. We weren't, neither one of us was Christians. I was a breaker and graph writer. He was an MC. And... um <clears throat> He got saved like the year before, maybe a semester before uh, I did. And because his brother was a pastor and I mean, not a pastor, but a campus director at a ministry in in, uh, in Texas, Plumline, where at Lecrae and all them guys got saved. And so ultimately what happened was I gave my life to the Lord at this event called the Jesus Rally. And mm. um, it was a student-led event where you just got to come and listen to like artists and then also they had workshops and stuff. But I came and I uh heard this whack rapper. I mean, he was so whack. And I'm not gonna say his name because I keep calling him whack. But like he was a Christian rapper. He was the first person <laughs> I ever heard like Christian rapping. I did not think he was good, but I envied the fact that he got to do that. Cause I grew up in church and it was like I had to separate my hip hop world from like who I pretended to be when I went to church. But this right, is the first right. time I ever saw somebody like fully being they self. Like he was hip hop to the core, all the thing, and rapping about Jesus. And I was like, yo, this there's something about that. And and I think that kind of drew me. But when I went back to my room, this is where it gets dramatic. Uh show called my dorm room and said, Hey man, I heard you gave your life to the Lord. I'm like, yeah, man. He said, Hey, I know what you're going through. And what I had been doing in the room was like thinking that I had to let go of hip hop completely. Like I had a Lil' Kim poster on my wall. I had like, you know, all this Christian hip, I mean, all this hip hop music, all that. And I'm thinking, God, what am I supposed to do? Hip hop is my world. And if I can't do that, like I want you, but you got to replace it. And so he just says, I know what you're going through. And I want you to know that God got your back. Come down to my room right now. I came down on one floor down. I sat on his bed and he pressed play on the tape deck. And it was, What's this dude thing? Looking like a Christian Wu-Tang. My crew hang loosely and we tie tight like a shoestring. And it was fanatic with the cross movement. And I jumped over my bed and said, what is this? And he was like, I know. He was like, God got you, bro. And like, I was such a Wu-Tang head and like, Christian, like, 
When he said that, I'm like, Wu Tang looking like a Christian Wu Tang. And then he just went, he played the rest of it, you know. Wu Tang. Man, and I just start bawling. Like, I'm just crying, like, yo, because it was the first time in my life where I felt like God, like, actually answered a prayer. Like, I prayed upstairs, God, what am I supposed to do this? I don't know. Wow. And then show calls me. I go downstairs and he hit play and it's like, bam. Lord spoke to me and I found out right then and there <laughs> there was a whole hip hop underground world that loved Jesus. And man, I was sold ever since. So yeah. No doubt, no doubt. I mean, as a pastor, man, I'm always so I, you know, I started ministry in 87, man, and I'm like, I gotta find a way. Um, and I was one of those cats like burn your music, throw your music yeah, away. Yeah. Um, because that was a safe thing to say and to do in light of the churches and the, and the perspective, but it wasn't, you know, as a parent, it wasn't until, you know, I'm recognizing my kids ain't throwing none away. <laughs> they, up <laughs> they up here going crazy. I began to be like, okay, let me, let me just help my own kids and, and family to try to think critical about the music they're listening to as it pertains to the life that they want to live. Um, and that began to be, you know, even more represented as they got older, but in the context of using that as a platform, even, in the life of young people uh, that I was serving, but there was, it was a dearth. It was a void of stuff that was out there that was valid. Yeah. You know, um, cross movement came through and it wasn't until, you know, like then you got the tunnel rats, yeah. you had cats yeah. who were battle rapping, you know what I mean? We had, I mean, there was, there was some cats out there, man. There was just, I mean, DOC disciples of Christ, ETW dynamic twin yeah. D2. Yeah. So, um, they was doing anything 40 days and 40 nights, classic album. Um, but man, it's, it's, it's one of those kind of things that <clears throat> if you're not going to evolve, grow, mature and rap and rhyme about things that are relevant in the context of the genre that you're serving or that you're in, you're going to stay back. You know, in Christian hip hop, I think stayed safe for so long that, um, it created, uh, uh you know, you're not relevant <laughs> to us, you know what I mean? And, uh, we're going to. We're going to hear our friend, man, um, Shobaraka, uh, who just is brilliant. The man is the bomb. The man is, I mean, he's so brilliant, man. I was just be like, I ain't read enough books yet. <laughs> I ain't read enough books yet. Yeah. Um, so let's hear uh, Shobarak talk about 10 things that will make Christian hip hop better. Check it out. Christian hip hop is losing its mind. And before I start, I, I just want to give a disclaimer. This is not some sort of subtle diss or ambiguous attack at any one artist. This is a very overt attack and a very overt chastising of your favorite artist in a genre that has so much promise. OK, I believe that I have 10 things that will make CHH better. And I wish I would have considered a lot of these things when I was at the peak of my career. What am I talking about? I'm still at the peak, baby. First thing we got to do is we got to bring we got to bring Jesus back into this thing. I don't know what happened to Jesus and why he got kicked out of his own genre, but we have to allow him back in. OK, because I know some of you have evolved so much and you're so smart. Just keep evolving. OK, secondly, um, English lessons. We need them. It's very important for the, the skill. OK, we need to teach these rappers about metaphors, double entendres, motif, alliteration. It's seriously saddening scarcity of sophistication that I witness in these songs. Number three, we, we got to stop caring about mainstream publications and mainstream attention. They, they don't care about you. Just be you. Just be, well, don't, don't be you, because some of y'all need to change. But be the sanctified you, okay? That's, that's where we'll end. Number four is really important. I'm going to need everybody to get off social media. If you're posting once a day, you're doing way too much, okay? See, the more we hear from you, the the less I'm interested in who you are and the less I like you. Because sometimes anonymity is your best attribute. Within the authority that I have, I am going to add to the canon a tenth fruit of the spirit. And that is to uh, shut your mouth. Number five, I'm instituting hip hop chapters across the nation, like a union where you pay your dues and you have to connect with people in person. You need to be close enough to someone in community that they can slap you. 
because some of y'all needs to be slapped for some of the things y'all saying, dude. Because this virtual connection is just not good, okay? What happened to the love of the conferences, right? The legacies, the crossovers. Even, bring back the Holy Hip Hop Awards. Don't, I mean, don't keep the name, change the name, but bring that back. Number six, before you get a record deal, you must go through the following process. We, we have to get you counseling. We got to catch that trauma before you start trying to process it in front of hundreds of thousands of people. We just don't need you to publicly be processing your pain and your trauma. It's just, it's not good. Not a good look. Number seven, uh, we must allow the genre to grow with its audience. And I'm not just saying that because I'm an old hit. But I don't have 20-year-old problems anymore. And if you're over 35 and you're still rapping like you're a teenager, slow down, Peter Pan. All right, but also if you're an old head, you you, you got to make good music, okay? It, it's like sports with old people. You know, when you were young in your 20s, you can go out and you could just hoop and you don't even need to warm up. You don't need to stretch or nothing. You can just play five times a week. But when you're old, you you just can't you, you can't play five. You may can only play once a week and you also definitely have to stretch. And similarly with music, some of y'all before you get out there and you just make an album, stretch. Just stretch for a long time. Number eight, we need to know what church you're attending and I need to see your attendance record, right? Don't be speaking on the behalf of people you don't like or connect with, okay? I, just imagine a student being like, you know, Show Barack is my professor. And I'm like, sir, you never come to class. You ain't my student. You're just quoting words. Number nine, if you've only read one book, do not do interviews or podcasts. Because we just don't need your opinion right now. You know what I'm saying? This is a whole lot. This is a whole lot. A, a lot of people are talking right now. All right. And lastly, number 10, and very important. If you're a Black artist, for every Creation Fest or CCM tour you do, you're indebted to do at least five Missionary Baptist churches, two Kojic churches, or you could just do one Church of God. This is the way I have spoken. This is my objective list on what would make CHH better, okay? And I'm making a list for pastors next, okay? You all acting like y'all like each other, been to talk about each other behind your back, righteous men, and well, depending if you Southern Baptists is just men, if there's other folks, then maybe women too. Yo! (laughs) (laughs) Classic. I love it, man. I love it. And see, and see, to me, coming from an OG, like, He's been around the block four, five, 12, 11 times. Yeah. So he ain't coming with some hateration. He coming with some, yo, I'm dying up in this joint. And, and the body of Christ, I mean, he come with so much, man. Yeah. I mean, I like number seven. What do y'all, what, 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 what do y'all, what do y'all, what do y'all? Um, I definitely feel like uh, probably because I'm a pastor, but like eight and 10, so eight is a yeah. one like, what church do you attend? Who, you know, how often are you going there? Cause I feel like, man, that's just yeah. like completely abandoned. And then number 10, Joe, if you're a black artist, bro, and you doing creation fest or any of these, man, you got to come to five missionary Baptist churches for oh, free. I love you know what I'm saying? I, I, I always thought that, man. I always thought that. Man. man. I mean, w- w- num- number seven was that like, if you this age, Bring the relevancy to like Snoop Dogg still talking about only on the crib side. Come on, Snoop. You 85,000 years old. Okay. Like, like, come on, man. Yeah. Number, number seven. Number seven is a big one for me. Mm, I'm yeah. 45. <laughs> I have nothing in common with a younger generation like that. Yeah. That I, you know, like, when I hear them play the music they be playing, I'm the old guy in the room like that's trash. Yeah. Turn that trash off. I want some artists that are going to speak to me about my at my age group about what I'm going through. Yeah. And right. yeah. that leads me back to uh, recently I just heard LL Cool J. He, he made a statement about rappers talking about retiring. And he was just like, if y'all run, if y'all run around talking about retiring because y'all insecure, he's like, just make music. Mm-hmm. It don't matter the age. Mm-hmm. People, there's still an audience for you. It's hip hop. There ain't no end to it. That's right. Just do it. That's it. Just do it. Yeah. And then you know, before yeah, that, good. Nas had challenged. Nas had challenged his peers to keep making music. Yeah. 
And so my my, my yeah. same thing goes with, with with Christian Christian artists. One, challenge yourself in your content and in your age, and keep making music. Just make it. Mm-hmm. Real talk. Mm-hmm. I remember back in the days. My last thing we're going to transition here. You couldn't get a Stevie Wonder album for an entire year. When he came out with an album, it wasn't a song on an album that wasn't banging or didn't what, what wasn't impactful. And in a whole other year, he waiting on tour, with, but he wasn't going to come out with another album like back to back because he had the bad. He had to bake that mm-hmm. beat. He had to bake the music. He had to go. I don't know how many times renditions he had to make. It was a time when artists was really into the artistry of it. Now I think industry driven stuff, mugs popping out stuff that ain't as sloppy. It's not necessarily quality. Yo, church on the block, man. We're going to be right back. 50 years of hip hop. Holy culture radio. We'll be right back. Church on the block. We'll talk about hip hop, the church and the streets. Church on the block, man. We are back, man. We're talking about 50 years of hip hop, the anniversary of hip hop. It may not be a relevant thing to you, but you know hip hop is relevant to wherever you go if you're listening to this show. And we're just talking about Christian hip hop, right? As as a genre to to feed the body of Christ. And at one point, man, Christian hip hop cats really didn't know if they were a you know evangelists evangelizing the the, the people of uh, who weren't who weren't in the faith, or b preaching to the church. I remember Flame had an album where he had a song talk talking about exegesic, eisegesic. That was the whole exegesis. I was like, dude, there are people in seminary who don't know what you're talking about, right? You know, in the context of that. But I think in the midst of trying to find its way, perhaps maybe because of the labels and others, it it, it could have come off like, like blurry. It could come off like confusing because there was, on some albums, there was some banging songs. Some albums, there was like, I just got to have this play with a bunch of church kids because they could really get it. You know what I'm saying? Or they would think that they, that they could get it, man. You know, um, how was your engagement? You know, as you talked about, uh, Jay, um, when you went back with show and show rock, you know, uh, that crossroad yeah. piece, how was your engagement with, with, within the faith? Were you pursuing more Christian hip hop artists in that country? Yeah. So <clears throat> it, it sparked such an interest. And I think what happened was, I was also thirsty to grow in my faith for the first time. So I wasn't really looking at that point evangelism while it was a part of what I was doing because I was so excited about my faith. I was really thirsty to grow. So discipleship was everything, right? Like I wanted to know I had been in church my whole life and hadn't heard none of this stuff I felt like, you know, or either just wasn't what my heart wasn't cultivated enough to receive it. And so groups like Cross Movement, in those days, uh, Raiders of the Lost, Corey Red, you know, uh, listening to compilations like Mark of the East and Calling of the Camps, these old school, like, I was, fi- anything, I was, anything on Grape Tree Records, I was buying it all because, yeah, gee, like, I had it all because I was just trying, I was trying to grow and I felt like Christian hip hop was finally speaking my language and I was learning about the Lord yeah, in a language yeah. I understood. So yeah, man, I went down a rabbit hole and I'll tell you what I realized looking back on it, which could be a whole nother conversation. I was so into underground hip hop that when I got into Christian rap and nobody knew these dudes, you talk about underground. Like I felt like <laughs> I was the man, like I could be introduced to somebody. You ain't never heard these dudes and they go, you know, like that. And so I wanted to go deeper wow. into the rabbit hole. I remember in college, I found Breathe Easy. I didn't even know he was from Chicago. Ooh. I was in Alabama. I found Breathe Easy in Alabama. Talk about this dude cool. Wow. And then I came up here and ended up, he was at the house. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, it's yeah, like it was yeah. that type of thing of finding <laughs> MCs nobody heard of or whatever. I remember KJ52 had a skit wow. on his on one of his early albums. Yeah. Uh he's talking about, you no man, let me tell you, this dude's so underground, you ain't never even really heard of him. Talking about Jesus, right? And that's how I felt about these Christian hip-hop artists. Like, this was like, man. I got music nobody else heard, and I'm finna put people on. That's so right. hip hop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember being in a van with young people, man. Man, I wish I could remember the group. There was a group called, um, they was almost like a, um, it was called Freedom of Soul. It was almost like a, um, 
like uh, De La Soul. Ooh. I mean, the album was kind of crazy. And I, I was telling him, it was like, yo, Pastor Phil, who is this? I'm like, yeah, now I got you. <laughs> I got you right there, you know? Um, and that was my whole intent, man, is to say, you know, you can be both hip hop and, 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 and Christ centered, you know, and, 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 and you can even be whatever you want to say, like secular hip hop and That's Christ centered right. in the context of what that is feeding you. You, you moving stuff around, getting it out the way that this doesn't resonate with your lifestyle and, and, and resonating with it that affirms, uh, that lifestyle in that context, man. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I think churches, I remember mugs like, uh, being shut down because they had somebody rapping at church and they didn't know what this was and that and all that. I mean, because hip hop, hip hop didn't start in the church. It, you know, it started in the streets. It started outside the church. So the church, they would, they would welcome Aretha Franklin singing in the church and then going out and singing R-A-S-B-E-C-T, uh, back and forth, you know, and especially because of her, her, her lineage. But they couldn't do that with hip hop. They, they couldn't find a way. I remember I was at a ch- I, I, my my first role as as a youth pastor and as, I was a student pastor for Sale Baptist uh, uh, at St James United Methodist Church. Brother brought in a synthesizer, and once he played the synthesizer, everybody was like, "Oh snap!" But like, let somebody rhyme, and it'd be like, "Oh no, oh no!" It was like it was like a, a unique, what was holy, what was not holy kind of uh, deal. And I began to just tell people like it's. It's, it's not the sound is that makes it holy. It's the yeah, lyrics that yeah, do. Yeah. You know, you can listen to you can listen to some Christian artist and be like, that man sung that song, that one verse, twelve thousand times. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's more holier or righteous. There's some gospel artists be like, and we walk by faith. You sing that twenty five times, like like Drake talking about, you know, uh, God's plan, right? God playing like man, you saying this? I mean, oh my goodness! Started from the bottom. Now he's saying that twenty two times. He said that one one phrase. Um. Anyway, the point is is that hip hop, Christian hip hop, I think, never really found its home to say, okay, this is what we're about. We're not about trying to get the gold or platinum albums. We're not about. We're about the streets or we're about evangelism or we're about the body of Christ. And it, it began to be kind of confusing, I think, along the way. I don't know, y'all. I mean, what what do you what do you, what about you, T? Like, I mean, we talk about heaven bound, we talk about Christian hip hop in that context, but did it ever really have like 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 for real, when Gospel Gangsters came out, Gospel Gangsters came out, they were like so we had them twice. We had them twice in Lawndale, back to back years. We had them in the gym with eight yeah, I think I came to one. I think I came. I I came to the one in the gym. Yeah, that was the one. We had eight hundred people in the gym. Yeah, because you didn't pay. It was three dollars. You you yeah, I remember. <laughs> you still you didn't pay. Um, but uh, <laughs> but man, a hundred people came to faith in Christ. Them boys was cold. I mean, we had like verbs. We had all them cats back in the day coming through. Man, uh, you know, uh, coffee and all them cats from um. I forget Star Song Records, but finally from T-Bone to Lyrical Assassin to Street Preacher, finally cats were saying stuff that I could really present to young people in the hood who were comparing what they were listening to, Ghetto Boys or whoever, uh, to something that was going to make sense to them um, in the faith. You know what I mean? Uh, did 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 Ruckus in your world with, with, with Christian hip hop, did it make did it make it to the house? Did it like was your mom like cool with it? Did did, did it make it to your life or or was it like relevant at all? Yeah, yeah. So um, because of the, the the I grew up in a predominantly white church, it was introduced to us at okay. the church. That's okay. And they took us to stuff. They took us to concerts. They took us to uh, a quiet fire and quiet all these other fire. things to keep us busy as uh, keep us busy as youth. Now my mom didn't allow me. Uh, to listen to secular music in her house, although I snuck and did it. We, I, we, you talked about how you were one of those pastors at one point that was just like, yeah, throw mm-hmm. your music away. I remember we had a pastor, one of our, our youth pastors was like that. We're telling everybody to burn their music, right? And so one of one of my my my, my friends, Andy, Andy was big into alternative music. That's 
probably where I got my love for alternative from was through him because he was putting everybody on the nine inch nails and Depeche mode and all this stuff. Right. And the dude had tons of CDs. And so he told him, he said, I'll give you my car. If you, if you, if we, if, if we break, break and burn all your CDs. So he agreed to do it. Well, what he did was he broke his duplicates. (laughs) <laughs> and got the car <laughs> he broke his duplicates duplicates and got the car and, and then later on it, it, you know it came out that he, he he did that and you know they had to work that out but um yeah don't do that to your kids well, well you know we know that's a, that's that's similar thing with me <laughs> I, I challenged a bunch of young people to give their music up and videos up um and they it was 200 pounds of music we threw it all away it was a great service we went to kids across america camp Shout out to KAA, you know, mm-hmm. and and this, those kids came back from camp, same kids, came to my crib with more music. They were like, yo, Pastor Phil, we gave it up because of you the first time. We gave it up because of what our impact was by the Holy Spirit. And that taught me something. Yeah. I don't need to teach yeah. you. I don't need to have you do something like this. I need, so that's, that's what I'm talking about, the critical thinking. Let me just share with you. Mm-hmm how God calls us to live and is what, what you're doing, what you're listening to, what you're seeing. Is it, is it building that up? If, if that's a value to you. And I just kind of left that alone after that. You know what I mean? Just like, yeah, it, it was just, it was a teaching point for me. Like, dang, for me, and it didn't stick. Yeah. I am not God. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and let me tell you, I, it, it does more damage than good. Cause what I started right. doing was recording all, all over my mother's Kenneth Copeland tapes, music from the radio. Right. Even to this day, you know, she ain't gonna listen. She's still talking about. <laughs> See? I believe he was still in my 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 tape. <laughs> yeah, I was Kenneth Hagen, oh Kenneth Copeland. God. I was recording B ninety six, WGCR, all of that stuff. That is how I got my music <laughs> back then, and I I would hide the tapes, right? But um, you know, I almost fell into that with my own kids. But what I did instead yeah. was I supplied them with so much. Christian hip hop and Christian R and B and Christian, you know, that they didn't even know about the other stuff. Now, when wow. they got older, I realized, okay, I can't, I can't, I can't do this no more. Right. So now they're going to be hearing all this other garbage just out here. So, <laughs> Hey, just be conscious of what you play. I mean, I came in today. My daughter was listening to some Cardi mm-hmm. B, you know, <laughs> I, I don't want to, I don't want her listening to that, but right. I got to let her figure that, that out. Right. You know? She right. got to figure that out. That's true. That's true. I mean, what do y'all think um, yeah, as I, we um, can talk to this section, like the future? You know what? I, I, this question frustrates me sometimes. It frustrates me because, like, I don't want to be a CK earlier like the old man in the club. That Like, music will never be as good as it was back in my day, you know? So, <laughs> but but I do think no doubt. one thing we got going for us is, is that, like, I feel like there is the ability for f- more freedom in like creativity and stuff. Like I feel like there's less these like confined barriers and, and guidelines as to how you got to sound if you're going to be a Christian hip hopper now. Right. And I just don't, I, I think that people just got to go ahead and be themselves and push. And I think that there can be like a lot of opportunity Um kind of like show said in this video i think there's a lot of opportunity in the genre because we don't we need to there's less of that you got to sound like this to be a christian rapper or a christian mm. hip-hopper now but people got to be actually free enough to do that now and then we got to learn how to stop having all this friendly fire if like that's not how god called you to be and that's not the style you have like don't go online and be trying to diss nobody else style like let them be themselves and then connect in community and let people like actually have one-on-one conversations, like Christians right rebuking each other about the song and what they say. Like, ah, I don't got time for that. Like, let their church family right. and their right. community walk with them and help them. It's not your responsibility to police Christian hip hop. You know what I'm saying? So because right. guess what? One day you ain't gonna be rapping. You're not gonna be rapping. But hopefully you should be walking with the Lord. And that is the core of it. Like, you know, in a conversation of somebody calling you one on one, be like, hey, man, I'm, I'm just checking in on you, man. You yeah. good? I mean, you know, you said some stuff in your other song. Um, help me understand what's going on. I mean, too much of that happens 
in the body of Christ in the church, let alone music, yeah. um, that we need to have artists who claim to be real and being real and rapping about real to be real with one another to the degree that we're saying, I'm a call dude. This ain't no, ain't no, ain't no, ain't no public thing. You liked a particular post of somebody and snapped off is something like, let me be a, a, a real believer. You know, disciples are people who do stuff like without no bulletin. Ain't nothing ain't in the bulletin about what a disciple is doing. A disciple just goes and, and yes. does it, you know? Yeah, I think in the context of of of, of Christian hip-hop, <clears throat> I think it's, and and I think even with, with, with uh, the, the hip-hop in general, it's always being attentive to what's relevant. I'm not saying change your style like Shoba Rock said if you this age and you rapping fast or whatever you know maybe you had to change it but in the context of the lyrical content of what you're saying right you know when you find even artists that we love whether it's Wu-Tang or whether it's like Nas they mature yes. and they're rapping and rhyming about other things Nas got a line on his song talking about daughters talking about like maybe de- maybe God gives daughters to old players yeah. to get us yeah. back of how we I mean that's yes. a brilliant way to yeah. play that that's that makes you think about yo I need to <laughs> but I'm just saying there's 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 a fear I think that maybe out there whether it's the label again or uh, other things that this ain't gonna be sellable bump all of that man do it because of the art you know cats tag up walls not because they're gonna get uh, in some museum, they tag it up because of the art of what they're That's about right. and what they're trying to That's say. Right. That's right. That's right. Dropping bars. Yo, let me drop these bars on you real quick. You know, a lot of folks have these small TVs in their house. They have them sometimes in their bathrooms where they can, you know, take a bath and watch a little show. Um, they can put on their makeup, wash their face, comb their hair while a show is being played. Some of them have them in their uh, living room or kitchens, you know, and they just have a little stuff while they're doing their agenda, getting stuff done in the kitchen. They have the TV going while they're kind of not really watching it because the TV's too small. Um, but they're got it on, right? If you really want to see the show, the game, the movie or whatever, that's when you have to go into the TV room area, wherever that might be, where there's 60 inches there or the 70 inch, depending on what size walls and stuff you have, where you can really see the picture and have a concentrated view of what's going on. You know, sometimes we as believers have other agendas. And though the Lord is right there, you know, we focusing on what we got to get done and what we have to do. And we're not really fully, fully paying attention. We're just kind of doing our thing, moving around. I encourage you today to sit down in front of the full big screen of God's love, God's grace, sit and be still and know that he is God and not be distracted by your own agenda. Your stuff, if it's lined up with God's stuff, is going to work out. But sit, be still and know that he is God and watch God show up and show out in your life. Yo, church on the block, man. Real talk about hip hop, the church in the streets, 50th anniversary of hip hop infused uh, 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 Christian hip hop, man. And we, we just really want to challenge everybody to be uh, 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 cognizant of what they're listening to and be on point with, uh, with what God is leading you to do in this, in this, in this genre. Yeah, we out. Thank you for listening to church on the block. Real talk about hip hop, the church and the streets back here next week. Same time, same channel, Holy culture radio, Sirius XM channel one fifty four. Come with us. Tell them it's crazy in these streets Tell them it's crazy in these streets